And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Gisclair here. Hope everybody's enjoying the start of their day. Hope everybody's having a wonderful uh, morning so far and a great start to their work week. Um, We've got a fun show coming your way today and the noontime hour. We're going to be chatting with Joe Tuton of Covenant Christian Academy. Uh, We'll chat with Joe about everything happening over at CCA. And then uh, at 12.15, we're going to have Stan Gravois on live for our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview. And uh, then then we're going to get our W's and L's and everything in the back portion of the show. Sorry, I was reading it. An email that was urgent uh, involving some radio business. So it was actually a coach that's scheduled to come on tomorrow. So we're going to have a fun show coming your way today, and we'll be covering all the crazy things that will be happening over the course of the next several days. Um, you know, we've got Nichols in the NCAA tournament. We've got LSU in the NCAA tournament. They'll be taking on Tulane. we got UL Lafayette in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about all of that a little bit later on in the show. Um, first and foremost, a little programming note. I'm going to talk about something that's not related to sports here for a second. Um, so bear with me. And I hope that this is okay with you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to stray a little bit off of the reservation here. Um, but I think that I could get you guys help about some stuff here. And and I, I would really like to just kind of vent this, say it, get it out of the way. And then hopefully we could work together towards uh, a resolution. My guys, yesterday I um, got out of the shower and stepped on the scale. (laughs) As we all tend to do from time to time. I need to to lose a a few LBs, as we say, on the streets. I I am heavier than what I've ever been. And... I'm telling you this, <clears throat> excuse me, as a means of accountability. Today, May 30, I'm telling you guys, I'm losing 20 pounds. I'm not afraid to tell you the number. I weigh 191, and I want to get down to 170. So I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm going to lose 20 pounds over the summer. And... I'm telling you this because I think that our radio community is a little family. I think that our radio community is, um, you know, some of the people who listen are people that are some of my closest friends. We text one another. We, you know, we, we laugh together. We joke together. Hold me accountable. If you see me on social media tweeting or, you know, texting or, or posting a picture on Facebook of me eating a Big Mac with cheese... I give you permission to be like, bro, what the hell are you doing? Like you said you were on a diet. I give you permission to call me out. Likewise, I give you permission to, you know, shoot me a message here, there. You know, hey, you got this. Keep going. I need need someone to hold me accountable. And the encouragement also is much appreciated. Because here's what's happening. You guys hear the, the throat clearing and the coughing. And I was recently, I'm over here thinking that I've been having allergies this whole time. Recently, I was diagnosed with something called LPR, which is basically an advanced form of acid reflux. I'm clearing acid out of my throat throughout the course of the show. It's not allergies. It is, it is an advanced form of reflux. 
what causes that to happen in people? Well, there's various things, you know, bad food, bad diet, bad times that you eat. For me, I eat too late in the day. At times, I eat too many late night snacks, whatever it may be. But also, a big trigger is weight gain. I've gained 15, 20 pounds in the last year. I'm aware of that. So, now it's time to fight back. Today, I've already eaten healthy breakfast. Yesterday, I ran four miles. Today, I intend to run four more miles. Today, I am announcing it to you all. We're fighting back against this no more. We're going to take it back over the summer. I'm going to lose 20 pounds, and I want you guys to be along that journey with me, and I'm challenging now. If you've got a goal, if you've got something you're trying to do, if you've got something that you are making the effort to do, be it weight loss, be it starting a new business, be it something that you want to do that you've just been putting off doing because you know all it takes time and you know I want to make it happen, but I just don't know how. Do it. Do it. Let's do it together. I'm going to get off of my ass and I'm going to run every day and I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do the things that I need to do that I frankly don't necessarily want to do, but I know that I have to do. I'm going to do those things. You do your part. We're going to all get better together over the summer, okay? Let's make that happen. It's almost the start of a new month. Uh, I'll even be willing to give you today and tomorrow to get yourself ready. Let's start on June 1. I'm starting today, but you guys, if you need a day or two, let, let's roll. I'm going to start on June, or I'm going to start today. You guys can start on June the 1st. Let's get better together. Again, if you don't need to have any type of, you know, incentive to do something fitness related, <clears throat> then maybe just something personal wellness related, like, right? Um, you know, read more, spend more quality time doing self care, whatever it may be. Our play-by-play audience, our play-by-play family, all of the folks listening here, all of the folks here who are fans of the show, we're going to get better together over the summer. That's the goal. We're going to get better together over the summer. It's going to take a lot of hard work on my part because guess what? And look, my, my problem is not eating during the day, right? Like I don't eat crazy stuff during the day. <clears throat> my problem is that I go to sleep at 2 a.m. every night. And that period between supper at 6 o'clock and bedtime at 2 a.m. is often filled with Doritos. It's often filled with you know peanut butter sandwiches. It's often filled with junk. So that's going to be the challenge for me is eliminating some of that. But that's neither here nor there. I thank you so much for listening over the last four or five minutes to me talk about this. Because I know it's not related to sports. And I know you guys want to hear me talk about sports. And I promise we'll get to all that. But I just wanted to issue the challenge and, and stay it, state it publicly, right? Because if I say it to myself <clears throat> and then I don't do it, then the only thing I've done is let myself down. And that's not a big deal, right? You know, hey, <laughs> life happens. We let ourselves down every day. But if I state it publicly and I throw it out there to the entire audience and then it doesn't happen, then I feel like I'm lying to everybody here. And that's something that I would never want to do. So I wanted to take the time to get it out there that this is what my I intend to do and I've got a full audience of witnesses that hopefully will hold me accountable and help me through that journey so we'll make that happen we're going to be losing some LBs over the summer we're going to try to get a little healthier we're going to try to be a little more active we're going to try to do some of the things that everybody uh, frankly could could you know use a little fine tuning on a little tweaking on and we'll try to make all those things a reality a little later in the show <clears throat> we've got the LSU talk We've got the Nichols talk. We've got all that stuff. We'll talk about Miami beating Boston. We'll talk about all that stuff. 
I also, in the next segment of the show, are gonna, and we're going to get to Coach Brian Colley of South Lafouche High School. I forgot to mention him. So we've got Brian at 11.45. We've got Joe at noon. We've got Stan at 12.15. And we've got a fun, fun show coming your way. We've got a fun week of shows coming your way because we've got so much doggone stuff happening in our area, man. We've got NCAA Tournament Baseball, Swampland Baseball starting, or not starting, but continuing today. I'll be out at South Lafouche later on. We've got summer basketball on Thursday. The E.D. White Summer League starts on Thursday. Uh, Just so much going on, and we're so excited, super excited about everything ahead. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brian. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985 868 0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call, 985-876-0222. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Gisclair here on this Tuesday. Hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday. We go to the phone lines for the first time today. And we'll treat it like a Monday, because on Mondays we have Coach Brian Colley on from 11.45 to about noon. But we didn't have a show yesterday, so we have Brian on now. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing today? 
Good morning. Doing well. Hope you're doing the same. Yeah, we are doing all right, bud. Uh, it's been a good start to the day so far. Um, and, man, there's a whole lot going on this week. Uh, I was just talking about that in the last segment of the show. We've got uh, Tarpon basketball camp, and I saw they've just got a ton of kids. Lady Tarpon start their summer league on Thursday. The lady, uh, the male Tarpons start their summer league on Thursday. Uh, we got Swampland baseball at home on Tuesday, also at home on Thursday. Um, man, there's there's no shortage. I'm, I don't know what softball is up to, but I know that they're competing over the summer. Uh, there's no shortage of things to stay involved with. Seven on seven footballs uh, ripping and roaring. If you want to find something to do, you know, people ask me all the time, hey, Bayou Sports, y'all filming anything over the summer? And I kind of laugh, but summer's going to be more busy for us than what the fall and the spring are. If you want to find something to do, there's definitely things to get your, your, your yourself involved in. Most definitely. If you are a fan of high school sports in the month of June, you can find something. Uh, basketball, baseball, softball, football is seven on seven. Uh, summer camp, summer league, there's uh, tons of high school uh, sports going on, and not to mention with the professional and college ranks, too. They're uh, cranking up with the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on in the month of June, for sure. Be curious to see, you know, South Foosh taking on home a Christian school today in Swampland action. Be curious to see if they're playing with a full plate or just half of a plate today out there at Eddie Blanchard Field. Well, uh, a lot of times baseball, they, they got pretty close to uh, full plate. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people... Uh, in the in the summertime, they uh they kind of uh they sign with baseball a good bit. A lot of these kids that play, you know, football, you get your workouts in the morning. Basketball may practice in the afternoon, so baseball's in the evening. If there's no games going on with basketball, you should have uh, a pretty good roster and uh, for the summer in the evenings. Brian Colley, the joke sailed right over your head, bro. They're playing Butch Terrier. I made a half a plate joke, and you didn't even catch it. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> now I got. Look, I'm a little slow right now. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, that was a that was a, a classic remark from uh, Coach Terry. Yeah, I was over here expecting you to laugh, and then you came here, and gave me a serious answer. I was like, "What is he talking about?" Uh, let's talk about this, man. Nichols is going to the regional. They're going to be taking on your Crimson Tide, man. Going out to Tuscaloosa. So. Which shade of red is Brian Colley going to be wearing on Friday? Is it going to be more of a crimson? Is it going to be more of a traditional red? Uh, the one that wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good either way. Uh, be pulling for both teams. So uh, either way, you know, Alabama's playing some good ball right now. Uh, Nichols has been pretty consistent the last couple of months. So uh, that should be a, a pretty darn good baseball game on Friday. You know what's interesting is that um, – Alabama is playing some really good baseball right now, and, and it, it is coming since they got rid of their coach. And, you know, there's you, – you read the headlines, right, and you would be led to believe that the Alabama baseball coach was betting against Alabama and throwing games. That's not at all what was happening. He was giving advice to a friend of his who bets on the sport, and most of the games that he was telling the, the man to bet on or not bet on didn't even involve Alabama at all. So it's not nearly as bad as it seemed at the time. But with that having been said, as soon as they removed him from the locker room, it's like fire was lit, and that team has really started to play well. Sometimes you just got to make a change to move forward, and boy, that change has sparked big dividends for Alabama. You know, you see that a lot of times that happens when you have a coach and he gets removed for whatever reason or steps down and there's kind of a, a breath of fresh air into the program and some teams respond well to it. And it looks like Alabama's uh, 
responding really well to it uh, right now. <laughs> so if you're Mike Silva, do you throw Jacob Myers, your ace pitcher, in the first game or the second game? The first game is going to be maybe the more challenging game because you're facing the number one seed, whereas an LSU or a big number one seed, sometimes they will hold back on throwing the number one for the second game because if you win the first game, win the second game, then you got to get beat twice. Nichols is maybe in a different situation. Do you think you're going to see Myers against Alabama on Friday? Because I think they will. I, I would. Uh, I, I would throw my guy because in this format here, you want to win that first game and you want to avoid any possible situation you can where you have to play multiple games kind of consecutively. So if you can uh, get this first game on, and like you said, win the second one, then uh, you got to get beat twice. But I would uh, – look, you get you got this far, go ahead and throw your A's game one and see what that takes you. So here's the interesting thing, man, is that, um, you know, Tulane is now in a regional. They won their conference tournament. They're playing out in Baton Rouge. And, you know, as an LSU fan, I don't know what to make of this because on one hand, yeah, I'm excited because instead of facing a, a team like Nichols, who I think could do some really dangerous things, you're now facing a 40-loss team, a team who's 19-40. and 40. That's the first thought. But then the second thought is, well, these some guns just won their conference tournament and they're hitting the cover off of the ball. And, you know, I watched the last two games and they just don't seem to be rattled by anything. They commit four or five errors a game. They don't care. They blow it off. You know, they give up a bunch of runs in an inning. They don't care. They come back. They score a bunch the next inning. It's a team that redefines playing with house money. And I know you're a two-lane guy, so you're obviously rooting hard for the wave, and I understand that. But just looking at it objectively, like LSU's facing a team that has absolutely nothing to lose, and that scares the hell out of me, man. Yeah, you can look at it both ways. LSU's got a, a good draw, but they're playing a team with 40, you know, uh, 40 losses on the year, so that's a good draw for them. But on the other hand, this team's coming in with, it seems like, zero pressure. They just go and they play. They're hitting the ball extremely well right now. And they're getting hot. And, look, when you, you, you get hot at the right time, again, I, I keep going back. I know it's high school, but the South Terrible and the Vanderbilt a couple of years ago, when they got hot, they, they made a run and made some things happen. So uh, I, I was shocked that they did uh, Tulane won those two games to get into the other tournament. But uh, you got to give them credit. They're playing some really good baseball right now. And LSU is going to be facing a hot team. Now, LSU is a great team. Don't get me wrong. But uh, baseball, you hear it from the coaches all the time, it's a crazy sport. And if Tulane can ride that momentum, uh, you know, they got a shot. So tell me your thoughts on this. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not saying this because it's Tulane, because the truth be told, I, I was rooting for Tulane. But if it, if it would have happened to Nichols in the, in the opposite, I would have thought that it was a little bit of a bummer. Baseball is a sport where anybody could beat anybody on any given day. So what, what we see is, these conferences, they'll play like 10 weeks of baseball and then just say, okay, those 10 weeks don't matter. It's just whoever gets hot and wins this one weekend of baseball is going to make it to the tournament. There are a lot of folks around the country who are saying, man, Tulane, the fact that they made it in here, it's kind of not good, right? Because, you know, they struggled all year long. They get rewarded for one hot week. What do you say to people like that? I could see it both ways. You know, hey, on one hand, you're always in it until you're out of it. And Tulane did what they had to do. But on the flip side to that, if 
let's say Nichols, who was first place in their conference, would have gotten beat by like a number eight seed or something like that. I could see where that would be a little bit of a bummer because you were the best team all year. What are your thoughts on that argument? Well, if everyone's playing in the same system, they know the rules going in. If it would be their team in a the situation, they might have a different outlook on it. But, uh, yeah, it seems like you had a rotten season, but they turned it on at the right time. And they everyone knew going in, if you win this conference tournament, then you automatically in. So everybody was on a level playing field when that tournament started, and Tulane just took advantage of it, got hot. So, uh, yeah, I see both sides of it, but I'm glad, you know, Tulane uh, got in. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's talk about the NBA because, man, I didn't see what was what happened last night coming from a mile away in a series that was full of twists and turns. You got Miami who blows a 3 nothing lead, and then it gets to 3-3, three to three. And then now everybody who was saying Miami's going to win, Miami's going to win, Miami's going to win, they're all off of the bandwagon, right? Because Boston's now at home for Game 7, and they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and everybody's picking the Celtics again. And then Miami just blows the brakes off of them and beats the hell out of them. They get a great performance from Gabe Vincent. They get a great performance from Jimmy Butler. And again, Coach, and I don't understand that I can't explain it, again, the Celtics just showed up and didn't compete. We saw it earlier in the series. You know, it just feels like after they won game six and said, okay, you know, we're going back home, it feels like they just kind of exhaled, and Miami took full advantage and beat the snot out of them last night. They tried harder. They competed harder. They played better defense. They made more shots. It was just a total ass-whooping last night. Miami put it on them. I think most people would agree that if Boston and Miami – both played their best games. Boston's the better team and, and should win, uh, at least last night, that, that game to win the series. But for whatever, and I don't know if it's Miami's defense that's for it, Boston just missed tons of shots. I mean, but it, it's frustrating to watch those guys because they come down one pass and they're jacking up threes when they're not even making them. Then they let Miami come, they can score in transition, or Miami makes the extra pass and gets guys wide open. Uh, Martin, the Martin guy was just on fire last night, but they were making extra passes to get him the ball. Wasn't forcing many shots. Boston forces shots like crazy. They got post guys who want to dribble to inside the paint when they're not post guys, and they're turning the ball over. Uh, you have to give Miami credit, but, man, Boston's offense was just terrible. Their structure on offense at times, uh, when they're playing from behind, it's like they all play in – to get that next big contract, they all want to, It's all me, 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 and they they struggle, and it's just uh, it's a frustrating team to watch on a on an NBA level because they just try and do it all on them about themselves and no team ball. And Miami showed them if you play team ball, believe in your system, and know your role on your team. Everybody knows Butler's the the, the guy on their team, but they got so many good role players. At 55, what's it, is it Robinson or Duncan Robinson? He come, he didn't play. I don't think till the fourth quarter. He gets in there and makes a big shot, and he's gonna try and silence the crowd. But they they know their role and they don't complain about it. And I think that's why they won that series. It's the nineteenth time that Pat Riley's in the NBA Finals, either as a player, as a coach, or as an executive. Nineteen times. 
That is unbelievable, man. The the work that he's done to build that roster, it's a bunch of throw-togethers. You got Jimmy Butler, you got Bam Adebayo, and then a bunch of dudes that are just thrown together. A bunch of guys that are you know undrafted free agents and are shooters and guys who just fit roles. And I said this last week on play-by-play. Uh, you got to have two different things in the NBA to win. You got to have stars and you got to have role players who play without expectation, meaning one game, if they're asked to make threes, they'll make threes. The next game, if they're asked to take charges, they'll take charges. If, they need, if they're needed to you know, rebound, they'll rebound. Miami has a bunch of those dudes, man. Duncan Robinson, if he doesn't play all game but is asked to play in the fourth quarter, it won't matter. Um, Miami's a fun team to watch, and I know that they don't run the motion offense like South Lafouche does, but it reminds me a little bit of South Lafouche, just a dude, bunch of dudes that are just bought in and they're just, they just compete. Yeah, they understand their roles. They are comfortable with the role that they have, and that's why they, they win it. And you have to give Eric Spolcher tons of credit. That guy just quietly just does his job. He does not in the the limelight, you don't see his name in, in lights a lot of times, but he just goes, he coaches his tails off, and they believe in him. Uh, Pat Riley, I mean, the, the team he puts together, the coaching staff he puts together, uh, tons of credit. This, they are uh, over the, uh, it's obvious, a seven-game series, they were a better team, maybe not <clears throat> talent-wise, individual-wise, but uh, collectively as a team, they were a much better team, and that's why, they were able to win game seven on the road. Now, can they beat Denver? That's going to be a big old tall task. You got to go out to Denver and altitude, take on the big fella Jokic. On one hand, I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know, Miami don't play a lot of guys playing in altitude, they'll wear out. But on the other hand, I'm thinking to myself, if you give Spolstra one guy that he has to take away, and that's Jokic, because the ball is always in his hands. I just think they're going to figure out a way to slow him down. And there's a lot of people who are saying, oh, Nuggets in four, Nuggets in five. I don't know. I think it's going to be a more competitive series than what people realize. I think it will be, and I, I would uh, look at it this way right now. I think the team that's going to make the most three balls is going to win their series. Uh, if Denver can stay hot shooting the ball, because against the Lakers, they were making shots like, my goodness, I can't believe they're making all these threes. If they continue making those shots, they're going to force Miami to score with them, and it might be problems. But if they're off and Miami can hit the three ball, uh, I would look for a more competitive series. Good stuff. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Hope you guys had a great time at the beach. We'll see you soon, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Yep, you too. That is Coach Brian Colley doing an excellent job. As always, we thank him so much for the time. Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I'll tell this story. He's not going to be offended. Um, yeah. <laughs> I call him up during the commercial and it's like, you know, yo, coach, what's up, man? He di- he didn't respond. You know, hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, fatty, how's it going? <laughs> he was listening to the first segment of the show, so it's good to hear that one of my friends got my back. I'm kidding. I know that Brian would do anything in his power to help me, but that's just the type of relationship that we have. Uh, let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Joe Tutal of Covenant Christian Academy. Joe and I will be talking about uh, the Hogs. We'll be talking about Swampland. And I'm sure Joe and I might talk about a little bit of college baseball. No, it's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? 
adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Education. Prevention. Care. The Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute was recognized by the Louisiana Athletic Trainers Association with the President's Award for Excellence in Health and Safety. With a passion for ensuring the well-being of over 23,000 student athletes and covering 1,400 sports events annually, our athletic trainers are dedicated to providing the best care in sports medicine. Discover more about Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute at tghealthsystem.com. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call, 985-876-0222. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now! Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We go to the phone lines for the second time today, and we make a trip out to Covenant Christian Academy, and we'll have Coach Joe Tuton on the line. Joe, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, we're doing good, brother. How about you? Doing fine, man. I understand the Hogs are going to be ripping and roaring in the next week or so. Where are some of the, uh, the places that you guys are going to be competing in the next couple of days, man? Uh, Hogs, we had a little kind of warm up over the weekend over in Ascension Parish. We start off at the Goche Amadi tournament. We're at Dutchtown, East Ascension, Santa Mar High School. Starting on Friday, all the Hogs team, most of the guys that are the seniors and the college comebacks, open up tomorrow night against Goche Amadi at Southeastern Louisiana at 630. Awesome, man. How are the guys looking so far, you know, through the tryouts and everything? Obviously, it's going to be a whole lot of talent. And you've said this before, man. You've said this on this show. There's anybody in the world that could coach these guys, man. I'm sure it's going to be a fun summer rubbing elbows with those guys. 
Oh, listen, no doubt. I ain't got to tell you. You know, when I look at the roster for most of these teams, everybody's first team all district. The hardest part of coaching these teams is trying to keep everybody happy and getting everybody a fair amount of playing time. So, you know, I think for some of these kids, you know, they're going to have to get used to playing a game and sitting a game. But I think everybody on the team kind of understands the drill. So, uh, man, it should be exciting. I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's nice. Uh, we got a, we, we got a, a Bayou boy, one of y'all guys, uh, coming out of retirement. Uh, uh, Jonah Kale, and uh, hey I, I'm now. excited to get him back on the field. So uh, I think he wants to go play at the next level, and I think we can help him. I am super excited to hear that because, quite frankly, Jonah should have always been playing at the next level. The kid hit almost 500 his senior year. I'm glad that he's had a change of heart and hope that, hope that he has a great summer. Tell me about that, man, because, look, I do these stories on these kids who sign, and the question that I always ask them is, well, how did the school find you? And nine times out of ten, their answer is, well, you know, they were scouting a summer tournament and, you know, they found me through that. We started talking. So how do you make sure that the kids are, how could I say this, playing their best and are not pressing or whatever it may be, knowing that, hey, man, there's some eyes that are watching that could potentially pay for your education? You know, I think on, when you get on the older team, most of these guys who are seniors in high school or one-year college comebacks, they kind of they mature enough that I think they know what to do. And I don't think guys are pressing anymore because, you know, once you get on, once you get on the older team, you don't really have to press. Everybody can play. And, you know, once the, all these kids know that they can play. And I think the biggest thing is go out there and play. Listen, if you go look oh for four and you strike out three times, it's not a big deal. Guess what? You're going to be back in the lineup because every one of these guys doesn't, doesn't have anything to prove. I know every one of these kids, if they hadn't played for me in the years past, they played against me. Uh, look, I'll give you a, a prime example. I'm at the ballpark right now. I'm leaving. Uh, I sent out a text at 10 o'clock this morning because I had to cut the grass at Southland. And I said, if anybody wants to be at the field at 1045, we can hit. But we're walking out the field right now hitting. And within 45 minutes, we had 10 kids show up. Uh, that's probably the difference between an older guy who's playing for something and a younger guy who's what I'd say a Swampland player. This is all guys that don't play Swampland no more. This is all they got. And you had 10 kids show up within 45 minutes coming from down the Bayou, from Thibodeau, you know. Uh, so it kind of it gives you a mindset. Guys are a little bit more mature, and I think on the older team they take it a little bit more serious. They have a little bit more to prove. So I think that's the biggest thing is these guys are mature, and we just got to go out there and let them play and give them their reps so they can get an opportunity to showcase their skills for our college coach. Very well said. Let's talk some college baseball for a second. The Colonels punched that ticket forward. They're going to Tuscaloosa playing in the Alabama Regional. Um, I was chatting with Brian in the last segment, and we were kind of debating when they're going to throw Jacob Myers, the big powerful arm, the freshman. Uh, what say you? Would, you? would you hammer Alabama with him that first game right out of the gate? Would you try to hold on to him a little longer? If you're Mike Silva, when are you throwing your ace in this series? Game one. Look, he's throwing the first pitch just because uh, – you know, you get behind the eight ball, especially at a SEC place. I think I ain't got to tell you, Coach, you get behind the eight ball, it'd be hard to come out of the loose bracket and win this. I mean, I think right now he's the hottest arm. Uh, and listen, if they don't go with him, how can you argue with Coach Silva's done? I mean, best record they've had in a long, long time. For sure, man. And, and you know, one of the interesting things about this Colonel team is that you're right. You know, they've got a bunch of different arms that, could, that they could throw. And one of the things that I think makes them dangerous is that when they go to their bullpen, 
It's like they're putting in another starter. Salter from Maggio and these guys, they all throw four, five, six innings at a time. So, man, they hit you from so many different directions. I mentioned it yesterday on Bayou Sports. If you could pitch, you could hang around. If you could hang around, you could steal a game. If you could steal a game, we might get to Sunday, and they may still be playing. You never know. Listen, me and you, I told you early in the year, Nickel State would be good. We talked early in the year. I think me and you talked in January. I watched those guys practice. Uh, it's exciting. Don't uh, listen. You know you're not gonna. Go, I wouldn't say go out here and bet on Nickel State to go to the World Series, but don't bet against them. I can tell you that because uh, they have a lot to prove, and I, and I feel like uh, you know uh, Nickel State baseball is back on the map, man. It's very very exciting. Uh, it's going to be a good regional. We have a bunch of Louisiana teams in, and uh, you know I, I think for the LSU fans, the people don't worry about LSU. They'll be fine. I promise you this. I was this weekend. You would like this, Casey. I was over in Gonzales, and one of the teams we played was coached by Jason Williams. There you go. If you know who, if you know who JW is, uh, I mean, we, we kind of came up together. He might be in LSU's top three players of all time. I said, man, what do you think? He said, Coach, you know that don't mean nothing. He said, to be honest with you, it's nice to win the SEC tournament. He said, but as a player, we were kind of tired by the end of the year, and this will give him a couple of more days rest. He said the goal for LSU is win the College World Series not the SEC tournament or the conference championship. And he said, look, he said the Tigers will be fine. And, I mean, I totally trust him on that. So let's talk about that. LSU will be matched up with Tulane. Um, That's a team that scares me a little bit because, man, they just have absolutely nothing to lose. On one hand, you could look at it and you could say, oh, it's Tulane. They got 40 losses. It's a good draw. On the other hand, boy, they're going to be doing everything that they can. They're going to be trying every trick in the book. That, they don't have anything to lose at all. Everyone's expecting them to, to, to you know, be two in barbecue. What are you thinking, man? Is this a matchup that LSU should be a little concerned with? I would Listen, you. I would think as a coach, kind of like, look, we're not on their level in high school, but when you start high school playoffs, and this is, I would say, called college playoffs, man, you can't take nobody for granted. I think LSU's concerned. They're going to have a game plan. They're going to be prepared. Uh, I don't think they're taking Tulane for granted by no means, I can tell you that. So I think they're definitely concerned. They should be concerned because, look, anything can happen. And, I mean, hey, it's easy to win when you're an underdog. So, I mean, it should be an exciting series over there in Baton Rouge. What do you think? Uh, there are a lot of folks that are saying Thatcher Hurd will get the ball the first game. He's their number three guy. Then it would be Skeen's uh, game two and then Floyd game three if everything stays on schedule. You think Hurd's going to be the guy to throw the first pitch on Friday afternoon? Man, I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I, listen, I mean, I, I'm totally not sure. I don't think, uh, man, I, I ain't. I, listen, I, I don't know how good LSU, you know, thinks they are, but man, I wouldn't be surprised to see their ace go out there in game one just to be sure and get that win. Yeah, you know. Man. Yeah, I got you, man. Look, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk a little MLB for a second. You're a Cardinals guy, and I got a couple of listeners here who are big Cardinal guys. What the heck's going on in St. Louis, man? Joe, they've got the worst record in the entire National League. That's just kind of out of left field. And look, man, they they started to turn it around a little bit, and then you look at the schedule and you see, okay, well, it's a little bit of an easier stretch coming up, so maybe they'll make even more hay. They split two out of four with the Reds. That's not any good. They lose two out of three with the Guardians. That's not any good. They got blasted 7 nothing by the Royals yesterday. Man, I don't know what's going on out there in St. Louis, bro. I, look, I ain't got. I have no clue. Uh, I mean, it just man. They just they they don't look in sync when they pitch good. They don't hit good when they hit good. They're not pitching good. They not. They just man. They just out of whack. And listen, I know it's crazy. 
I mean, was Yadier Molina that that much of a string? Obviously, he was to keep everything together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's... I mean, uh, uh, it, man, it's it's just crazy. Uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on. You know, I mean, uh, the good thing it's early. I mean, but man, teams are so streaky. I'm just uh, there's no consistency right now with the Cardinals. It looks like to me. I mean, and that's that's the biggest thing I see. And I figure, you know, Casey, you watch it. I watch it a lot. Major League Baseball is about consistency. I mean, you know, if, if a guy's going to hit 300 at the end of the year, he usually will hit 300. And uh, I, I can't tell you exactly what's going on over there, to be honest with you. I mean, look, it, it, they're in a funk, if, that, if that's a nice way to put it. The one good thing I'll say is that as bad as they're playing, the rest of their division is equally bad. They're only five games out of first. So, it, they look, it could be a – a 12-game hole with the record that they have, but it's only a five-and-a-half-game hole, so they do still have every opportunity to make up for it, but it is frustrating to watch. I mean, listen, it's just right now it's kind of, what I'd say, it's just bad baseball. You know, they're they not fundamentally, they, hey, they're not running bases well. Uh, you know, they're kicking the ball around a little bit. And the biggest thing to me that's gotten is, man, they're leaving the ball right over the middle of the plate a lot. And uh, they're just not pitching as well. And I think that's across the board. In Major League Baseball, in college baseball, I think it all goes across the board because everybody wants to throw hard. And, and, and guys like Glavin and Maddox, maybe they're dinosaurs, but nobody can spot up anymore. And, and I feel like, you know, you're seeing a, a big run production just because pitchers can't throw enough strikes. Yeah, no doubt about that, Joe. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. We'll chat again soon. You guys have a great rest of the day, okay? Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. That is Joe Tuton doing an excellent job. Always love his insight. Figured I would ask him about his Cardinals because, man, it has been a struggle. They're 24 and 32. Um, and it, it's just, oh, it's, look, I, I closet follow the Cardinals, but some of my buddies are Cardinal fans. So, you know, I my first instinct when I check the scoreboard is I'm checking to see if the Braves won. I'm checking to see if the teams that I bet on won. And then I'm checking to see if the Cardinals won just to have a conversation starter with some of my partners. And yesterday, whenever I, you know, I, Got in from hitting a couple of golf balls, and I checked the score, and I see seven nothing Royals and Cardinals. Whew! Was not expecting to see that one, and then you dig deeper and see got out hit sixteen to two. Um, this is a Kansas City team that is seventeen and thirty eight. Now look, I don't have any room to talk. My Braves got crushed by the A's yesterday, who were terrible. So it's baseball; it happens. I get it, but just was not expecting to see that result from a team that I thought was well on its way to turning the ship around. Let's catch a break when we get back. It's Tuesday. We're making a trip out to Terrebonne General. It's our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. 
Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe, effective, guaranteed. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Back to play-by-play here on KLEB. Casey Jiskler here. I want to thank Brian Colley for the time earlier in the show. I want to thank Joe Tutal for the time in the last segment of the show. I loved hearing both of their insights about different things happening in the world of sports. Now we go to uh, our friend Mr. Stan Gravois over at Terrebonne General. It's our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Stan. Stan, what's good, man? How are we doing today? Doing well, doing well. Getting ready for some, uh, I guess, some regional baseball like everybody else. Absolutely, man. It is going to be a very fun and very busy weekend indeed. Let's actually about the hospital first. You know, you were telling me a little bit off the air is that it's kind of an exhale week. Everybody's kind of recovering and recouping from the grind of the high school year. But, you know, the summer is going to be uh, very hot and heavy here in the next couple of weeks. So what's it look like from an athletic trainer perspective? What's the team up to in the next couple of weeks over at Terrebonne General? Yeah, last week it was sort of the public schools here in Terrebonne Parish primarily who were finishing up. So last week was slow from a public school perspective. And then this week from a private school perspective, they all finished up at the end of the week. So this week's kind of their first week off. And a lot of times the coaches give their kids that first week off and then they really get after it. I know we do have Swampland going on and a few other things. But these two weeks have sort of been, I guess, you know, the proverbial calm before the storm because next week everybody's in doing weights and conditioning. Everybody's in with the basketball league starting. Uh, of course, Swampland did start last week, and it's going to continue. So, uh, yeah, they're at it. And, and for anybody who thinks that, you know, athletic trainers don't work really hard in the summer, you're kidding yourself. They uh <laughs> Certainly do. You know, they have to certainly manage their hours also. But, uh, 
It's something where when LHSA pretty much said it's fair game to play any sport at any time, that it uh, it taxes these kids, and when I say these kids, these young athletic trainers a little bit, to be everywhere. So we do what we can, and uh, again, next week it's really going to get started in full bloom. Sure, man. And look, let, let's talk about, um, you know, something that you mentioned on the Sports Corner a couple Saturdays ago. It's that you guys have the ability, you know, we hear coaches all the time over the summer, oh, hey, we're getting in the weight room, we're getting bigger, faster, stronger. And, you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time, and look, I announced earlier in the show as part of, you know, hoping that my radio audience will hold me accountable. I announced, hey, I'm going on a diet. I'm losing 20, 25 pounds over the summer. And one of the things that I know from trying to do that in the past is that it's not about just lifting and throwing up weight. It's not about just being active. It's about doing it at the right times. It's about eating the right things. It's about being hydrated and making sure your muscles rest. And there's a process to all that. And from what I understand, you guys over at the hospital are willing and able to take teams in and do some of that work for them. I know you said you're, you guys are working with Vanderbilt football and paid some big dividends. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's pretty much, you know, acclimation to everything that the body needs to peak, you know, to be the best that you could possibly be at whatever sport you is. And, you know, you had mentioned Vanderbilt Catholic in the Performance Training Center here at Terrebonne General. Uh, there is a partnership. It started this spring. It actually started at the very beginning of the spring. And uh, what it is, it's not just football. It's everything. There you go. So we have two particular individuals here who are both CSCSs. And for people out there who are not quite sure, don't understand what a CSCS does, they are strength and conditioning specialists. They have their master's degree in this. They have worked before, mostly on the collegiate level, with sports teams and how to get those muscle groupings that you know, allow you to succeed at the particular sport that you are trying to succeed in uh, to work the best. And they understand it. They understand heat and acclimation to heat. Uh, Patrick Labot and Amelia Castell are both tremendous. They're just good people too, right? They, they have a good rapport with the kids. So they went in and they were at Vanderbilt all day long, the entire spring. And they would split time. So Amelia might go in the morning for three hours and then Patrick in the afternoon for three hours. And they work with those kids. And I can tell you this, Casey, I, you know, all of the years that I had coached, we as coaches always kind of thought we could do it ourselves, right? We could be the strength and conditioning guys. We could do this. We could do that. And the fact is, is no matter what you know about the weight room, if you're still trying to coach a sport, you can't. You, you, you just sort of can't unless your school has a coach that's dedicated to strength and conditioning, and that's sort of what Vanderbilt paid for, right? That being said, it's the first time I ever looked at some kids at the very beginning of a spring and looked at them at the end of the spring and went, wow, that's noticeable. That's like, that's something, you know, and I understand the times, and they also do assessment testing throughout the whole thing to see what your progress is, and it just allows, I guess, a, a coach who is an X and O's guy, the head coach of football, the head coach of baseball, the opportunity to do what they do while these kids are getting bigger, faster, stronger. So, yes, it has paid dividends for them. There are obviously a bunch of kids who come in. I'm actually sitting right outside the performance training center right now, there are kids who are in there right now 
they come on an individual basis from all of the high schools in the area. But Vanderbilt just sort of decided to go out and hire. I know that, you know, E.D. White has done this with CORE in the past. Uh, I think it's sort of a trend that you're going to see. I think the trend essentially is going to be this, Casey. Schools are going to hire strength and conditioning coaches, and that's what they do, sort of like what you have at the collegiate level. Now, obviously, some are going to be better than others. We're fortunate. We have two CSCSs. They don't fall off of trees. It's very hard <laughs> to get people like this who understand it, who have had the opportunity to work at the college level. Uh, but but it works. And, and I'm going to tell you, again, I mentioned it's not just necessarily those traditional sports. It's for swimmers. But the one thing is, and I think a lot of people out there know, you know, Vanderbilt Kelly's got a really strong cheerleading team that wins like state championships and even national titles. They're doing this too. So when these girls like basket toss, I guess I'm using the right term. I hope I am. They, they really toss, you know. I mean, it's like it's like it, you look at it and you go, okay, I'm not going to argue that that's not a sport because I'm not letting anybody throw me up in the air like that, you know. So. So that being said, yeah, it's been a good thing. And I think you're going to see more of that throughout the summer. I'll give you an example. I know Tyler Lewis is very interested in this. He has been sitting down with Patrick Labatt to go through it. It's probably not as easy for Terrebonne to come up with the funds to pay for this on a daily basis. But Tyler's doing it in a way that he's getting information and he's making his kids bigger, faster, stronger. And he's got some pretty good-looking kids, too. So the more teams do this, the, I think the better you're going to be. And it is not a falsehood to say that championships are won in the offseason. That's the bottom line. I know it's not pretty, it's not fun, but this is when you win it. And kids who are not going in in the summer and getting bigger, faster, stronger are not going to show out when it's time to play in the fall. No doubt. Very well said. Look, let's talk some college baseball. The Nichols baseball team is going to Tuscaloosa in the Alabama Regional. They'll be taking on the Crimson Tide on Friday at 6 o'clock. Was Axon Bryan uh, earlier in the show, hey, when do you throw Jacob Myers? He said, hey, game one. I asked Joe in the last segment, when do you throw Jacob Myers? Joe, Joe said it a little different. He said, the very first pitch of the tournament, he's going to have the ball. So I'm going to ask you, you've got a, a an elite a uh, freshman who's got an ERA sub two. You've got a great staff there, but Myers is the head of the staff. When does he get the ball this weekend? Oh, I think he gets it in game one. I, I think if you lose game one, it's such a tough road to hold. And, you know, as I say that, I also think sometimes I think in the regional, actually losing the second game is the toughest one to lose because it puts you in a pickle, too. Uh, I mean, obviously, the easiest thing to do is just win the first two, and I think that the Colonels have shown this weekend, this past weekend, that they had enough pitching to get it done on game two and game three also. So I think you go with Mayer in game one. It's it's interesting. Ever since all of the brackets came out yesterday, I've been sort of glued to D1 baseball. It's my go-to place. I just trust a lot of what they're saying, and I – and I really like it. And if you go to top pitchers in baseball, Mayer is one of like the top ten, you know, statistically in the country. He's got a lot of walks, and that kind of scares me a little bit. But he gets the job done. And uh, I, I think you go uh, simply because this, too. If you were going to play like Wake Forest, right, might be a little different, I guess, or even an LSU, I guess. 
But Alabama's going to have that same thinking that maybe, you know, Jay Johnson's having right now. Maybe I'm not going to throw my best guy on this Friday because I'm supposed to beat the number four seed. And then all of a sudden, you know, the number four seed's throwing that best guy and they sneak up and beat you and then they're sitting in the catbird seat. So, yeah, I'm all about Mayer pitching in that game. But I do have a lot of trust in whether it be Terrio coming in and pitching or DeSandro or whoever it is. I think they all could do well. I, I kind of like the regional that they're in and think that there is a chance, you know, out there to do some good for Nichols. What's interesting about the regional is that there are two teams that are, or, or there's one team rather that's similar to Nichols, and that would be Boston College, more of a pitching heavy offense, maybe isn't necessarily the strength. And then there's two teams in the regional, Alabama and Troy, who just hit home runs like crazy. So it'll be a contrast in styles, and I was actually breaking down and covering all the teams in the regional for a story that I did on Bayou Sports. You look at a team like Troy, they've got a number one guy by the name of Grayson Stewart. After you get past him, they're just trying to beat you 15 to 13, right? Like the rest of their arms are not very good. They've got a guy on their team with 27 home runs. It's just interesting, right, because we watch the sport because we, we kind of watch our own teams. We watch LSU. We watch Nichols. We don't pay much attention to everybody else. But when you start to learn some of these teams, there's some teams that play this sport in a very unique and interesting way, and Troy's one of those teams. They're going to just try to clang it and bang it, and they're going to try to beat you in a five-hour game. Yeah, I agree with that, and I kind of do keep tabs on the Sun Belt Conference just because, you know, UL's there and just to see how ULM kind of does in, in the Sun Belt and Troy has been good pretty much all year. I do think there's something to be said uh, for getting hot here at the end of the year and how you played in your conference tournament. And what I mean by that is like C2 lane, right? Yep. Anyway, that all being said, Troy wasn't very hot in their conference tournament. They Now, they were in a tough bracket that had USM. By the way, I really thought Hattiesburg was going to be one of the regionals, and I thought that's where Nichols was going to go. And I do think that probably Southern Mississippi got the raw end of the deal until I saw they were going to Auburn, and that's actually a winnable regional for them. So maybe that's the way they worked that out. But that all being said, I agree with you on Troy. I just don't think that they're super hot right now, whereas uh, I think, you know, if you go back and look at what happened in conference tournaments, not so sure about Boston College, but Nichols may be the hottest team going in. I realize yeah. that, you know, they're playing SEC caliber schools, but they may be the hottest team going in. Yeah, if they could, if they could sneak a win out of Alabama, who knows? Because they certainly won't be intimidated by the other two teams too much. It, listen, and as I'm saying all of this, I hope people realize that it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Plus the fact that it's been since 1998, so you have that kind of wow factor for Nichols right now. Like, hey, we're here, and just to be here is a huge thing. I hope that Coach Silva's got him believing that. Nah, that's BS, man. We're going, we're going to try and win this, and, and I hope that certainly that they can make some noise out there. Let's talk about Baton Rouge for a second. LSU's the number one seed, the number five national seed. They'll be playing a regional with Tulane, who's the four seed, Oregon State, who is the two seed, and oh my goodness, my mind went. Oh um, oh man, my, help me out with the third team there. Uh, you got me right now because it's Oregon State and the third team is a team I don't think that has any kind of chance on God's green earth of, of advancing. So we're both having a brain uh, 
uh, mishap right here. I, I don't know who it is. Oregon State and Sam Houston? Sam Houston. There you go. That's why we pay you the big bucks, Stan. Sorry about that. And look, you know the way this is going to work. Now that this happens, Sam Houston is winning the regional. LSU is going to be eliminated. <laughs> They're going to win the regional. But anyway, that, all that being said, LSU is facing Tulane. And I've been saying this throughout the show. On one hand, as an LSU grad, I want to look at this and kind of giggle and say, hey, well, we caught a break. We're facing a 40-loss team in the first-round game. That'll be good. But the other part of it says, hey, I watched Tulane play their last two American Athletic Conference games. They're playing without a care in the world. They're, they are playing with house money. No one expects them to win. And that kind of scares me a little bit, man, because this is not just some random program, right? Tulane has some tradition, has some history. I don't know what to make of that first game Friday at 2 o'clock, man. It makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I think a lot depends on who's pitching for LSU, too, and how he does, whoever that person may be in the first couple of innings. I don't think it'll be Skeens, but I don't know. You know, and if you sort of go in there and don't get the job done, uh, listen, everything related to LSU, and I'll get to Tulane in a little while, just certainly depends on when Skeens not on the mound, how things go. Because when Skeens on the mound, I think, although he did have a little lapse maybe in the tournament this past week, I think he's going to be okay. So that's big, obviously, to LSU. For Tulane, uh, you know, you probably get tired of everybody saying, oh, my God, Tulane's in here with 19 wins. That's the lowest win amount that a team has ever had going in, and they're the second lowest, you know, index and all of this stuff. And then after a while you go, okay, so what? You know, like, yeah, I agree. Absolutely nothing to lose. And, again, I mentioned when you get hot in your tournament, a lot of these teams get hot in this thing too. Not your bit. It's it's almost a reversal of fortune, right? If you're in the ACC or the SEC and you lose like your first game, it's almost a so what, and you still have just about as much of a chance of winning the national title as anybody else. And, again, for that one, see Mississippi State and Ole Miss, right? But if you're in the other conferences, especially a Southland Conference, especially a SWAC or whatever, where the only way you get into the tournament is to win your conference tournament and you get hot, those are the teams that sort of do well. So, yeah, you know, listen, nobody else in Tulane's conference, the American, really, I don't even know if they have another team in the tournament except for Tulane. I know Houston was a borderline. Oh, I'm sorry, East Carolina. I think East Carolina would be the only other team. That being said, Tulane's the hottest team coming out of that conference. So if you go in there and you're LSU and you think, okay, we're going to get by this one without schemes, yeah, you better watch out a little bit. Uh, and I don't know that Oregon State is that good that you see save schemes for them, or maybe you do. I, I don't know. I don't know. Hurd has seen Oregon State because Hurd obviously was at UCLA last year. So I'd be wondering what the talk is. You know, I know this. We're probably not going to know nothing or anything until probably, I don't know, late Thursday night, maybe not even until Friday, who the starters are going to be in a lot of these things because nobody wants to show their hand, that's for sure. Yeah, and Jay Johnson already told reporters yesterday, so I'm not telling you who my pitcher is going to be until Friday. So we'll find out on Friday whenever uh, whenever the lineups are posted who the Tigers are going to be throwing. You know, it's an interesting stat. Tulane could win every game for the rest of the season. 
and they're going to still be more than 10 games below 500. Isn't that something? That is wild. That is that is when I know they do these tournaments and they have to do these. I guess they have to do these tournaments. I don't know if it's money things or whatever it is. Uh, I don't, you know, man, if I'm sitting in, I worked really hard in the American, whatever it is, American conference all year long, and I won it, and then all of a sudden, Tulane gets this big trophy because they won a tournament. That would turn me off, especially when early on in the tournament, there were probably a couple of teams that were like shutting it down, and maybe Carolina thought, we're, we're okay, we're going to be in anyway, so they didn't maybe play it the same way. That's that's kind of tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. On the other hand, they're there, and I had a feeling. I, I will say this about that regional. LSU set up to win it. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, no matter how you look at it, I think Jay Johnson is going to have a tough time explaining not winning that regional if that happens. And they're set up to win it. So uh, uh, when Tulane was in, I thought Nichols is going somewhere else. They're not going to make Nichols a number three. And Tulane's got to be a number four. So I, you know, I would have, again, if I was a betting man, I would have said Nichols is going somewhere else because they're going to send Tulane to, you know, to be the bottom dweller in that regional there. So, and, and that's basically the way it worked out. You know what's crazy is that you know there's not a lot of attention paid to this because college baseball nationally isn't nearly as popular of a sport as college football or college basketball. But there's a lot of people who follow this sport really closely who just go crazy about the way these teams are selected and are seeded. And you know what's really funny is that I'm watching yesterday on the selection show and you have the selection committee chair get up there and he says, well... You know, we use the RPI a lot to judge these teams because, you know, the teams are all over the country. It's hard to watch them all. There's not a whole lot of TV, whatever. I respect that. And and if that's your answer, that's your answer. But he then, in the next sentence, spends the next five minutes talking about how useless RPI is and how flawed RPI is. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if it's a horrible system, then why are you using it to decide the 64 teams? Case in point, Stan, Kansas State, has a better record than Oklahoma, a better conference record than Oklahoma, and swept Oklahoma. Oklahoma's in the tournament and Kansas State is not. There are some really head-scratching decisions here. And if this were a more popular sport around the country, some of this more would come to light. But, man, it's interesting to hear guys say, oh, yeah, we're, we, we use the RPI, which is a terrible system and it's flawed and we need to get rid of it. Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't know how – the problem is comparing teams to each other, right? What, uh, there's one team, I think it's Indiana State or something, has a great record, and I think they're a host. And I could be getting the, the exact name, or Illinois State. One of, it starts with an I. I'll go that far. Indiana that State. Being said, who is it? Indiana State? Yes, sir. That, that being said, how do you compare that even to, like, you know, an Alabama who or Auburn? In the SEC, so yeah, I get that, and and I don't think there's an easy way to do this. And I think probably tradition. When you talked about Oklahoma getting in, uh, maybe it had a little bit to do with Oklahoma. Listen, I, I got to tell you, back in the '90s, it was about money. It was about how much money you could generate at a at a regional. I mean, there were times where LSU certainly belonged in it, but LSU was going to get in anyway because they were the premier program in the country. I think a little bit of that sort of still goes into play. Uh, 
how, how and the perfect way to do this would be almost pie in the sky. It would almost be what Nichols did this year by winning the regular season in the Sun Belt, winning your conference tournament. There's no if, ands, or doubts. That was the best team in your conference. They belong here. They're here. Uh, listen, Tulane probably is a team that caught Kansas State. A lot of people around the state were saying Tulane yeah. is the reason that, like, a ULF, yeah, it's not going to get in, right? Because they're going to knock them out of it. And then what happens is, is th- this is the other part that's kind of mind-boggling to me. So UL might very well be the last team that got in, right? So that would be you're the 64th team that gets in, and they send you out to wherever, Miami or wherever. That's great, but they're the number three seed. They're not even the number four <laughs> seed. So how are you the last team to get in, but you're not even the number four seed in your regional? So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, when it comes right down to it, basically we're giving a lot of the lesser conferences an opportunity to compete knowing that they can't compete if that makes any sense whatsoever yeah no doubt about that man so i'm gonna put you on the spot before we let you go lsu going to the super regionals yeah or nay absolutely i think that that's a uh i think that except for maybe that southern miss auburn one which is going to be tight i don't know that kentucky's got a great regional at kentucky so those are tight. On the flip side of that, I think that the LSU, I, even more than like the Wake Forest Regional or even the Florida Regional, I think Florida's got a couple. Of, I think LSU's got the easiest, no, the easiest, that's not the right word because everybody's going to show up and play. Don't get me wrong. I think LSU is sort of set up to move on to play in that next round. And, uh, yeah, I think they will. I, it, listen, this first game is going to tell us a lot, though. I will say that. Okay, next question. Will the Colonels win a game out in Tuscaloosa? Uh, that's tough because I know Troy is pretty good. And I saw Boston College's record without knowing anything about Boston College. Do I think? Yes, I do think they're going to come up with You know, I think they're hot. And I don't know that they, you know, I, I, I wouldn't take – my you know house embedded on them winning that regional but i certainly think that they can go over there and show out well because i think they're hot right now and uh for anybody who hasn't seen Nichols lately this year and maybe last year you need to go see him this team is not built like it used to be built this team is like this is a burly big boy team they they and in I think it, with a little confidence, they can make a little noise. Maybe not win it, but, yeah, I think they'll come up with a win. Lafayette, what are your chances with them, man? They're out there competing in the Coral Gables Regional. They're with Texas, Miami, and Maine. What do you, what do you make of the Cajuns, man? They were one of the last teams in. Uh, I, would, I would feel a little bit more you know, optimistic if they would have won their conference. They were hot. And then all of a sudden they ran into USM, which sort of is a buzzsaw over there. And I think that Southern Miss is pretty good. So I think when you're going in sort of on that down, I, I, I went look at a lot of all of these teams. Nichols, you know, UL, Tulane, and LSU's Friday night games, right? Realizing that LSU's Friday night starter schemes might not be the starter, but I'll bet you in all probability UL's is going to be they had some trouble on Friday night, so let's say it's a loss to Texas. Are you, you, what, what are you going to do after that? You don't have much of a chance. I do think that they have a good chance of winning a game because, if I'm not mistaken, Maine is in there. Uh, 
And listen, Maine may come up and beat them, but I kind of went look at Maine's schedule, and Maine, I don't even know the name of these colleges that <laughs> Maine plays. I've never heard of them before. So that being said, I think they could come up with a win, but to say they could go over there and win that, and evidently Miami is kind of hot this year, and it's the Miami of old, so we'll see. But, yeah, I think I think both Nichols and UL sort of in the same boat. I think, obviously, LSU has a great chance of winning the regional, and I think Tulane's sitting there going, hey, we're just going to have fun, and we're going to let it all hang. They may have the least to lose out of everybody. No doubt about that, my friend, and and the reason why they have the least to lose, and this is going to be a Tulane joke, Brian's going to be mad, is because they've lost the most of anybody so far this season. <laughs> yeah, listen, they were talking about getting rid of their coach like two weeks ago, right? And now it's, you know, you go into a regional. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Stan, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll, we'll chat again soon, brother. Have a great rest of the week. All right. Take care. Everybody have a good week. Yep. That is Stan Gravois doing an excellent job, as always. We always appreciate his insight. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll wrap things up. It's been a good show. It's the it's not the sports corner. It's not at all the sports corner, just clear. It's play by play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and it's basically made for him. My dad can get through the wide doorways. When he is making our lunch, he can reach anything we need. He'll help me build tiny projects. Life is good here. Without Homes for Our Troops, we'd be living in a home that didn't have all these features that helped him. Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post 9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. If they get a new house like this one, it'll help them like do normal life. My dad's not just a hero, he's my hero. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. Thibodeau Regional, again acknowledged for delivering an outstanding patient experience by health grades. While we may be the recipient of the award, our patients are the real winners because you can have confidence in the quality of care you'll receive. Thibodeau Regional Health System, proud to be among the top 10% of hospitals in the nation and the only hospital in Louisiana recognized by health grades for providing an outstanding patient experience 14 years in a row. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice, but wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. Steady yourself. You're not alone. You've got support. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. A deadly surge is plaguing our state. Domestic homicides. Louisiana now ranks fifth nationally in these deaths. According to the NCADV, the presence of a firearm in a domestic violence situation increases the risk of homicide by 500%. But Louisiana has laws to help keep these weapons out of the hands of domestic abusers. Learn about the Firearm Divestiture Program by contacting your sheriff's office or visiting agjefflandry.com. This PSA was supported by subgrant number 5336 awarded by the Louisiana Commission on Law Enforcement for the Stop Forum the Grant Program. It's time for the 46th annual Cajun Heritage Festival this Saturday and Sunday at the LaRose Civic Center. There will be duck calling, live auction, carving supplies, boat building, Cajun food, decoy sales, and 
decoy contest. You can buy, sell, or swap at the Cajun Heritage Festival. So join us this weekend and help us to support this important part of our Cajun heritage and culture. For more information, call 985-228-0845 or look us up on Facebook. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Hope everybody's enjoying their Tuesday. I'm not going to talk about the regionals today. I know I said earlier in the show that I would. I just ran out of time. I don't want to give just a small segment of that. So tomorrow we're going to do a show that's going to be hot and heavy, talking a lot about the regionals. We'll be covering the regional out in Tuscaloosa, covering the regional out in Baton Rouge. We'll talk a little bit about Coral Gables, where Lafayette is. Uh, we'll, we'll get a lot into that. I want to talk about the NBA playoffs, which were last night. <laughs> and I just want to know, I just want to know, why is it that when my 76ers and James Harden lose a big game, why is it that the next day I see all over Twitter, oh, they're a choke artist, oh, Harden's a small timer, oh, he can't win the big game. Why is it that I read that every time the 76ers lose a game. But when Jason Tatum scores 14 points in Game 7, Jalen Brown goes 8 of 23 in Game 7 with 8 turnovers, and Boston loses by 19 at home in a game that they were favored to win by 7.5, I don't hear jack squat. It's just all your sins are forgiven. Better luck next year. It's a double standard, man. It's an unfair double standard. Boston should be getting roasted, right? And I, I, look, I hear you. I hear you screaming from your couch. Oh, Jason Tatum has a sprained ankle. You're being insensitive. Jason Tatum being a pansy is the reason why they were down 3-0 in the first place. Because a guy with a little bit of heart and a little bit of guts wouldn't have slept walked through half of the damn series and they would have been up 3-1 to one instead of being down 3 nothing, and they would have won in 5. So don't give me this nonsense of, oh, bruh, he had a hurt ankle. I could give two hoots about your hurt ankle, Jason Tatum, because if you did the stuff that you should have done earlier in the series, you wouldn't have been playing a Game 7. Jason Tatum, you got a hurt ankle last night because of you. Because you were playing a game seven last night because of you. Give me a break on that stuff. Oh, bro, yeah, I'm, I was a shell of myself. I had a hurt ankle. When it don't lollygag through the beginning stages of the series and you have nothing to worry about, Mr. Tatum. <clears throat> I've been asked about what the NBA Finals are going to look like. I think it's going to be closer and more competitive than people realize. My first instinct was to say, oh, Denver's going to sweep them. Denver's going to beat them easy. That's kind of where everybody's leaning right now, right? I'm not betting against Jimmy Butler, bro. I'm sorry I'm not. I'm not. I can't do it. <clears throat> I'm not will. I don't have the balls to stand up here right now and tell you, yeah, Jimmy Butler's definitely going to lose. 
Don't have the balls to do that. He's proven me wrong too many times in this playoffs. And the most important part of it all, and I said this when Brian was on earlier, I really believe that if you give a guy like Eric Spolstra, who is a brilliant coach, and you tell him, hey, Spo, <laughs> take Jokic away. I think they're going to come up with a plan to where instead of it being 35 points, 15 rebounds, and 12 assists like we've been seeing, it might be 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. I think they're going to slow him down, which does what? It puts more pressure on Murray, which does what? Then spills over and puts more pressure on Bruce Brown, puts more pressure on Gordon, puts more pressure on all of the role players and ancillary players on Denver, and then they got you playing their game. I'm not ready to say yet that this is going to just be a runaway. I'm not ready to say yet that Miami has no chance. I'm not ready to say yet that this is going to be a four or five game series. Miami has made a fool of me throughout these playoffs. I'm not ready to let it happen again. I think that they're going to be competitive. I think I, think I would favor Denver, but I think they're going to compete, and I think this is going to be a longer more competitive series than what people realize it might be. Let's get you some betting picks. I like the Texas Rangers minus 130 money line today over the Detroit Tigers. The Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball. They're facing Detroit, who is not one of the best teams in baseball. Minus 130 is too low of a price. <clears throat> today, I like, um, let's see, give me... Give me the Astros minus 102 money line over the Minnesota Twins. The Astros at home. Even money. I'm always taking that nine times out of ten. Um, today, give me the Braves. Minus one and a half run line over the A's. The Braves lost to the A's yesterday. Don't see that happening again today. Also today, give me the... Um, let's go a money line parlay where I'm going to take the Diamondbacks with Zach Gallen against the Rockies and I'm going to take the Dodgers with Gonsolin over the Nationals. So if you take those two teams and you parlay them together, you get odds of minus 128. I like that today, and I think that that'll be one that's worth playing. Let's wrap up today's show. Let's thank Brian Colley for the time. Let's thank who else we had. Um, Joe Tutal for the time. Let's thank Stan Gravois for the time. It was a wonderful play-by-play today. Let's thank our sponsors for the time, the Blue Boot Foundation. Buzz off the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff. Dufresne Building Materials, come experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations. Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Gulfport, Grandal, and Araby. And um, we want to thank everybody so much for listening at home. I am going to get a salad because my fat ass ain't eating egg rolls and cheeseburgers and everything after this show anymore. Seriously, all kidding aside, take care of yourselves. We hope everybody has a wonderful great uh, and rest of the day. Wonderful and great rest of the day, rather easy for me to say. It's day one of a new journey for me. And as I said earlier in the show, make it be day one of a new journey for you too. Find something that you want to do that you haven't done and make it happen. Let's make it happen together. That's what this summer's about. Make it happen. We're wrapping up right here. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have Taylor Griffin on and we're going to have a fun show. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Adios, amigo. Y'all take care. KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE.
102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.